Welcome to the Lighted Church Podcast, lighting the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Visit www.tlc.net.ng and share the gospel of Christ today. Thank you, Jesus. Bibles, please turn to the book of Philippians chapter number three. Philippians 3, 12 to 14. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter number 3, verse number 12, verse number 13, and verse number 14. Are we there? Philippians 3, 12, beginning. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, verse 13 says, uh, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. It started verse 12 by saying that I have not attended the position I'm supposed to attend in life. I have not reached where I'm supposed to reach. I have not get to the mark we are supposed to get. I have not received all the blessings of God that has been earmarked for me. But I want to get myself ready to be able to get to the mark. And he now said in verse 13, forgetting those things which are behind. Now he's ready to go. Now he's ready to pursue. Now he's ready to overtake. Now he's ready to recover. Now he's ready to be what God wants him to be. And he said, the first thing I must do is forgetting those things which are behind. I believe sincerely that it's a waste of time to spend time on those things that are past. It's a waste of time to spend time on the things of the past. Whether on your success past or the past that you saw as failure. What is past is past. Don't spend time on the past. Challenging past, glorious past. This is present and there is future. Don't spend quality time talking about how you used to be great and how you used to be rich, how you used to fly through all the world in first class, how you used to buy brand new cars every year. Nobody is going to relate to it now because that is not you. Also, don't spend time talking about how you failed many times, how you went into the hands of uh, the evil ones, how you suffered, how you lost, how you became sick, you were imprisoned. I mean, all the wars of life, nobody has the time to listen to that story. And they are just mere waste of time talking about them because they are not the present reality for your life, whether good or bad. Forgetting those things which are behind, no matter what you do, you can't bring back yesterday. Yesterday is gone and yesterday is past. Stop worrying or stop crying or stop getting depressed over the issues of the past. The past have been pushed to history. 
for anything, just use the past to know how you have to face your future. But don't spend time thinking about them. All the situation that have passed has passed. The Lord said, behold, I do a new thing. The Lord is simply saying to us, according to the account of Apostle Paul, simply move on. Face your future. There is more in the future than what was in your past. The good news here is that your future with God is great. So no matter how great your past might be, your future is greater, is mightier, is more glorious. And that is a sure word of God. Everything you saw before that looks glorious was just an indication that God is still there for you. And if he was with you then, he's with you still now. If he can do that then, he can do it again now. But again, if you have some challenges in the past and the wars in the past, which one, each and every one of us at one point or the other have some disappointing situations and some challenges, let that not bother you. You have a future. You have a future and you have hope. And Apostle Paul said, I just want to really make up my mind to forget the things that are in the past. And so he continued by saying, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Now, forgetting the things that are in the past, or the things that have passed, I will now begin to reach out unto those things which are before me. This is key to a good life. Reaching out to the things that are before. Great things are in your future. Greater things are still ahead of you. The world is evolving. There is no how, and the Bible said you are making a mistake each time you say that the past is better than now. He said it's a very big mistake that you say that your past. I mean, on what grounds are you saying that the past is better? In the whole world, the past can never be better. Things are getting better. It depends on how you see it. It depends on your perception of I mean, if you have a challenge, that doesn't mean that the whole world has crumbled and the world is going backward. The world is moving forward. Whether we like it or not, greater things are still yet to happen in this world. Greater things are still yet to happen in your lives. God is doing new things. And he will do new things for you. In Jesus' mighty name. You know, I get excited talking about the future because I kind of live in the future. I really have made up my mind to live in the future. And I have said that many times over. I'm sure this is not the first time you are hearing me say that. It's more comfortable for you to live in the future that God has said to you than in your present that you are still struggling with some present realities. If you know God, God is a God of the future. Thank God he was there yesterday, he is here now, and he will always be ahead of us in the future. He sees the end from the very beginning, so he does not worry about the in-betweens. He knows what the end is for you, and so he said, forget about the past, and begin to forge ahead towards your future. Hear this. As long as you have not attended all that the Lord has in store for you, they are still available for you. As long as you have not received all that the Lord has made provision for you, the provision of God for you are still there for you. Also, as long as you have not received all your promises in God, Precious and wonderful promises from God. 
Those promises are still waiting for you. I didn't hear that, amen. amen. If you understand what I'm talking about, then that amen should be much, much louder. Amen. You know, simply say that if God said there's something you are going to have or there's something you are going to be and you don't have that thing or you have not become that thing, that thing has not expired. You are still going to be that thing and you are still going to have that thing because God is committed to what he has said and promised you. That is exactly what we are talking about this morning. Verse number 14 says that there is a mark to attend. I press towards the mark. The mark. There is a mark. There is a mark to be attended. And I want to say this morning that that mark must be identified. You have to identify the mark because Apostle Paul identified the mark so he cannot be moved by anything he sees that is not the mark. He knew that there was a mark and there will be a mark for him and he said, I left those things that are past and I'm beginning to press towards the mark. There is a mark that is ahead of you that you must attend to. This is the mark you are destined to get to. That is what the future holds for you. That is your ultimate in life. Apostle Paul knew his mark in this instance. And so he said, I pressed towards the mark. He had a good idea of the mark and he was ready to get there. And he believed no past can stop him from getting to his future. And no present can hinder him from getting to that mark. And so he said, I press towards it. You cannot press towards something you don't know. So you should know yours. It's good for you to know where you are coming from. But it's better to know where you are going to. It's good for you to know your backgrounds. But it's also better for you to know where you are ending up. You should know what your future holds for you in God. And I want to let you know that once you know it, like I do know my own to an extent, hold on to it. Don't let go of it. Hold on to it. Don't let go of it. At this point, you should make up your mind to do everything possible to attend this glorious mark, like Apostle Paul. By the time you know what your future holds and what God's plan and purpose is for your life, you have to do everything possible to attend that glorious mark. It's a mark of your ultimate blessing. It's a mark of the joy that is set before you. It is actually a great achievement and glory to get to your mark. This is a prize. I mean, I want to say that there is a prize in achieving this mark. And that is what Apostle Paul also said. Getting the mark, meaning getting a prize. I press towards the mark for the prize. There is a mark. And there is a price for the mark. And so you need to get to the mark to get the price. And so because the price is good, you press to get to the mark. And don't allow anything to stop you. Because you have a price. The price is waiting for you. I said the price is waiting for you. Amen. 1 Corinthians 9.24 Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. There is a prize. There is what? 
a prize. And so he's saying in this instance, run so that you can get the prize. Be determined to run till you get the prize. He says, so run that he may obtain. Simply being put that this prize is what the race. You don't have the prize because you have not gotten to the mark. And it is when you get to the mark that you get the prize. And the prize is what you are raised. And the prize is what you are pressing forward. It is what all the effort of the race. If you need the prize, you must run and you must run well. I don't know what that prize will mean to you. I don't know what that prize represents to you, but if you look at the word of God very well, you know that in your own case now, that prize might be having the children you have always wished to have that you don't have now, but it's a promise of God upon your life. That prize might be being a billionaire that God has promised you that you have always strived to be and you are not yet at the present. That prize might be living in opulence and in greatness and in honor. That prize might be being celebrated all over the globe as a great achiever in whatever talent God has given to you, in whatever profession God has given to you. I don't know what God would have showed you, but there is a mark you need to get to and that mark attract a prize and that prize will become a thing that will bring glory to God and will be celebrated when you get to the mark and when you win the prize. I don't know what that prize might mean to you but there is yet a prize for you and God is saying leave the past I have a big prize for you and the prize is in the future and you have to run towards the future and I want you to press towards the future so that you can get to that mark that will attain you the prize. And when you have the prize, that settles all your longing and wishing and struggling because then the Lord would have answered you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you need the prize, you must run and you must run well. It is the blessing that God has made provision for you. The prize is already set. God will give it to you. It's a promise. It's a promise. It's a promise backed by covenant. It is the blessing that God has made provision for you. It is a mark of your victory. After all your struggles, it's a mark of your final victory over the works of the enemy. The mark that shows that you have defeated the enemy and overcome the enemy. It is the mark of the beginning of your receiving the fullness of your destined blessing. Listen to me, your blessing in God can never expire. Till you receive all. I want you to bear it in mind that every blessing God has promised you, they are for you. And there is no time that they can expire. If you didn't get it years back and you're not having it now, just be rest assured that it's still there waiting for you. And you must get it till everything is all said and done. You must get it. Whatsoever the Lord has promised you, you have been holding on to, you must get it. In the name of Jesus, you will get your wealth. You will get your riches. You will get your children. You will get your good health. You will get your honor. You will get your enthronement. 
David waited for so many years for his enthronement, but he never missed him. Inasmuch as there was someone on the throne trying to stop him, but at a time he could not stop him. He had to die so that David can be called to be the king of Israel that he was anointed to be when he was a pretty young boy. So, so got to that point where David has run to the end. And at that end, Saul had to stop existing because the one that has the throne has emerged. He has passed through the waters. He has passed through the fires. He has passed through the challenges of the wilderness. He has passed through the shame of being neglected and rejected. He has passed through all the battles of life. And yet, at that point in time, God was preparing him. And he got to the point where no one could deny him of what God has appointed for him to be. And he was called to come and reign in the place where he was supposed to reign. So, David, I believe, pressed towards the mark and ran towards that mark. You will get to the mark. I said you will get to the mark. I said you will get to the mark. In the name of Jesus. You know, the promises of God are yea and amen. Nothing changes it. Nothing spoils it. Nothing blocks it out. Nothing erases it. Because it's been powered by the integrity of God himself. Now you need to run. And to keep running till you obtain the prize. You need to run and keep running till you obtain the prize. You need to press and keep pressing till you attain the mark that will bring the prize. Never you allow anything stand your way to your greatness, no matter what. And I need to emphasize that this morning. Don't you allow anything to stand between you and your greatness. Don't you allow anything to stand between you and the promise of God upon your life. Develop some spiritual bulldozers inside of you that will bulldoze anything that is trying to block you from attending the height that God wants you to attend to. Because God is committed to it and you must be ready to partner with God. Say again, I'm saying, don't you ever, as a matter of emphasis, allow anything. Now you are seeing that thing blocking you from your destiny. Don't you allow it to remain. I don't want you to live a sentimental and emotional life. Take them out. Take them out. Take them out. Take those things out before they ruin your destiny. Change whatsoever you need to change that is blocking your way to your glory. Anything you identify that is a hindrance or could look like a hindrance, change them because there is a greater prize ahead of you. There is a great mark waiting for you. Don't allow anything to interfere with that greatness that God has set aside for you. Change your habits if you need to. Change your attitude to life if you have to. Change the people that are affecting you achieving this mark. Change them. Change your friends if your friends are hindering you from moving forward. Change your associates if associating with them has become a hindrance to your fulfilling your destiny. Block people out in your social media platforms. Block them out, delete their names from your telephone contacts. Cancel all appointments you have made with them and all you think you have planned with them. Stop relating with them. Change your location. If your location is a hindrance to where God wants you to be. You know, the simple reason is that when you fail, you become a loser, and no one wants you when you fail. 
So whatsoever thing that will make you to fail, take them away on time. If they be the siblings, the same father, the same mother, and they are working hard to see you fall, stop talking to them for life. Stop relating with them for life. Let them be and let you be. At the end of the day, let God prosper them as God prospers you. But let nobody be your God or be a hindrance to what God wants to do in your life. Stop relating with them. Otherwise, you become a radical and a laughing stock at the end of the day. God has a unique plan for you and no better plan has he for anybody than he has for you. Your own might not manifest now, but you have a future. Let nobody stop you from becoming who God wants you to become. You might have been born of the same parents, but you have different destinies. You have different things to achieve in life. You have different things to become in life. Let them be and let you be. At the end of the day, you can celebrate your becoming and your victory. Stop complaining about everything. Let nothing be a hindrance to you. Just keep moving forward to where God has destined for you. Say hallelujah, somebody. For what I can see here, though God puts the mark, it is not easy to attend the mark. I am not saying it is not possible. I'm saying it is not easy to attain that mark that will bring the prize that you so desire to make your life fulfilled. Therefore, one should be ready to do all it takes to achieve it, to get to the mark. God said to Jeremiah that I know the thought that I think towards you thought of peace and not of evil that will bring you to your expected end. God knows the end. He prepares the end. The end he prepares is glorious. The end is enviable. He is committed to getting you to the end. But he needs your partnership for you to get there. He needs you to partner with him and be in the same frequency with him all the time. For you to get there. I have a few advice for you this morning. And that is the message that God has given to me to give to you. Number one, know the end. See the end. Meaning see the future. Believe it is for you. Simply means that if God knows your end, like he said, I know the thought that I think towards you. The thought of peace and not of evil that will bring you to your expected end. God knows that end. God knows what he expects from you. God knows what he expects you to be at the end. The beginning is not the issue. The middle way is not the issue. But the ultimate glory is what we are talking about at this point in time. So if God knows the end, you should ask him to tell you the end. Find out from him. Try to know too if God knows. He's your God and he's also your father. God, show me where I'm ending up so that I can know where you want me to end up or where you have planned my life to end up. I know this is not my final destination, but I know there is a place that you have made for me and I want to get there all the same. This knowledge will take you through every storm of life. When you know where you are ending up, no matter how the storm comes, you don't mind the storm. You bear that storm because you know that that storm cannot stop you from where God said you are getting to. So the knowledge of where God is taking you to will make you to withstand every storm of life. And it will help you to despise every possible shame before you get there. Because before you get there, there could be shame of your low life, there could be shame of your suffering, and there could be shame of your not achieving what God wants you to achieve. But that shame is something you can bear when you know where you are ending, when you know the ultimate that God has planned for you. Because that time you are taking the shame, you are saying to yourself, they don't even know that this is just temporal. I know where I'm going to, I know I'm going 
going to be celebrated. I know I'm going to be elevated. I know I'm going to be crowned the king. I know I'm going to reign amongst them. So this shame does not matter. They will add up to my testimony of the future. So don't mind the shame when you know where you are getting to. Praise the Lord. So you must see it. You must make it real in your life. You must believe that it is for you. David had no doubt that he was anointed king by God through the hand of Samuel. So when he was in the wilderness, he was still conscious of that. When he was fighting the Philistines, he was still conscious of that. When Saul was trying to kill him, he was still conscious of that. Because he knew that God cannot make a mistake. When he was fighting Goliath, he was still conscious of that. It was made known to him by the way of anointing that he was going to reign over his brethren and is going to reign over Israel. So there was nothing in his life that would take that focus away from him because he knew better. The question is, when will it be? When will it be? When will it be? So he held on till eventually he became. That is why you must have clarity about what your future holds for you. You must have clarity about where you are ending. You must have clarity of what God has planned for you. That's your driving force. Number two. So if you know, let nothing stop you from getting to this mark. Like I said before, you need to fight. You need to resist anything that may fight you from getting to where God wants you to get to. You need to fight everything that wants to stop you from attending the mark. Fight in prayer. Fight in faith. Walk in the faith that God has put inside of you and believe God. Fight with perseverance. Obstacles, challenges, and injuries will come, but persevere because that is not where you are supposed to end. Just be it. So let nothing stop you. Number three, realize that Jesus is not only the author, Jesus is also the finisher. Always remember that it, Jesus, when he starts a thing, he is committed to finishing it. Hebrews 12.2 says, or told us that, that he is the author and also the finisher of our faith. He is not only the beginning, he is equally the end. Jesus is committed to go all the way with you till you get to your destination, till you inherit your destined inheritance. God is with you. And if God be for you, no one can be against you. You know, the role of Jesus in our salvation is not only to start. The role of Jesus in our salvation experience is not only to start. It is also his responsibility to finish what he has started in you. And I assure you, he is able to finish everything that he has started in you. Because he's able. He is what? He is able. But you too has a role to play. The role is for you to align with the process of the finishing. What you should do are contained in some words that I need to highlight from the scriptures we have read. What you must do as in partnership with God based on his commitment to take you to that mark is brought out in few words from the scripture we read. The first word is press. Somebody say press. That's in Philippians 3, 14. You know, he said, I press towards the mark. <laughs> press is a strong action word. You know, I don't know how to paint a picture of press, but let me just use this loosely.
Jo. About to enter the stadium for a very good match between your club, your club side, the ones you decide to wear their jersey. You don't even know them, anybody. You know all their names. You have not shaken hand with any of them in your life. But you know their girlfriends. You know how much they earn. You know their grandmother. You know where, how, who bought them. You know how much they bought them. And meanwhile, they're playing in a stadium. And you have the opportunity to go and watch them in the first time in your life. And everybody has paid. And the crowd was much to get into the stadium. And as you are saying, uh, how do I get in? There's called the first goal, everybody was shouting. You said to yourself, am I going to be here when I paid the money? How am I going to? I must press to get to that place to see for myself what I paid for. And nobody stops you. You bring your muscles and say, look, Christianity, God, thank you for it. But anyone that is hindering me from getting there has become my enemy. I am pressing to get to this stadium. And I will sit in a comfortable place till I get to the place where I see all I need to see. I mean, I just use that loosely because some people can even take their life because of games. But you know, the prize we are talking about is a prize of high calling. It's a prize of the blessing of God. It's a prize that gives God glory. It's a prize of your riches and wealth. It's a prize of your abundance. It's a prize of your victory. And there are obstacles on your way from getting to that mark. And so Apostle Paul said, this is not joke, I must press. And when you are pressing, you are pressing people down. People that are saying, let us see how they, you can get there. And they hold your hands and say, no, you can't get there. You know what you're going to do? You push them down and press their head down and you begin to go to where God has destined for you to get to. If they are saying you can't get there, you tell them you can get there. Because God is for you and God is with you. And you're about to press and somebody says you can't get there. You are seeing the back. You didn't see the face. And you are pressing. All of a sudden, the person turned the face. And it becomes your younger brother. Oh, please, press on. Press his head down till you get to where you are getting to. If he has joined hands with the enemy to stop you, treat him like an enemy also. Press him till you get to the mark, somebody. So Apostle Paul said, I will press. The pressing is not an easy word. The place I am getting to is too big for me to handle it with kicked glove. I am going to press my way through till I get to the mark. There has to be pressing because there are resistance. There are obstacles to press through before you get to the mark. So many natural obstacles, mountains, so many spiritual obstacles. You deal with those by the power of prayer. So many wrong friends coming as an angel of light, but they are the incarnate of the devil. Coming from those that have declared themselves as your enemies. Coming from colleagues that said, you think you can get to this position. Coming from all over the place, trying to put you down. Please press and let nothing stop you. Not even the devil. The devil has not gotten the final say. It's you and your God that has the final say. If God is committed to where you are getting to, don't mind what the devil says. Put him where he belongs. Not what you see. Don't allow what you see to hinder you. Press on beyond what you see. Not what you hear. Press on beyond what you hear. They said it's not good for the country. They said everybody's going down. I love this. When men are getting down, you say, and you prepare yourself to be going. Hallelujah. So, not what you hear, and not what you feel. 
Don't go by your feeling. Your feeling can deceive you. You are just feeling sick. You are not sick. You are just feeling poor. You are not poor. You are just feeling weak. You are not weak. You are just feeling neglected. Don't bother about what you feel. Press on to where God wants you to get to. Not someone's opinion about you. You know, I kind of like when I said to you last Sunday that you should think highly of yourself. It just came to me in the realm of the spirit and I just mentioned that. I'm also saying, don't allow people's opinion press you down or affect your pressing. So I'm repeating it, think highly of yourself. The world wants you to think low of yourself. The world wants you to think small of yourself. The world wants you to act little concerning yourself. And so they will always ask you, who do you think you are? I have an answer for them for myself. I am a son of a great God. That is who I am. And that is why I should think highly of myself. And that is why I know so well about my future. And so you don't look yourself down because of the way people are looking at you. That is their opinion. That is their own opinion. That is the way they want to think about you. But that should not bring you down because the opinion does not make you. It is who God said you are that you are and not who man says that you are that you are. Praise the Lord. Jesus did a quiz sometime with his disciples. Who do men think I am? Not that he cared about that, but he wants to know who the disciples actually thought or knew that he was. And he said, who do men think that I am? And of course, they went into wild guesses. They were equating him with Elijah. They were equating him with the prophet. and equating him with Moses. They were equating him with all kinds of things. And I'm sure they didn't even go that far to say they also thought you were a wine babbler. And um, they also thought you were a weak man. They didn't go there. But before they went there, if they had asked them, continue, 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 they would have gotten to that point. You know that. All right? But then I said, okay, who do you think I am? And they were trying to get, take guesses. And God said, look, let me not just mess up these people. Because if I allow them to begin to say who Jesus is, they could make a big blunder. So the Holy Ghost ministered to Peter. I said, don't just answer the wrong one. And Peter said, ah, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you think you are the one that, you think you are the one that knows, you think. This Peter, you think you are the one that knows this. No, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. It's a secret about my deity. It's a secret about who I have made to be that men did not know. So no man can know it except the Lord reveal it to the person. So who we know about you except the Lord reveal it to the person? Nobody. Nobody knows about you. They look at you and say you're a common person because of the way you look, because of the way you dress, because of where you live, because of the amount of money they perceive in you, in, that you have in your pocket or in your bank account. But they don't know what the future holds for you. It's only when the Holy Spirit reveals to somebody that they can say, oh yes, I see this one in the realm of the Spirit. He's not an ordinary person. But if they have to answer like human beings, they will answer like the people that were answering concerning Jesus. Listen to me, you are greater than what any man thinks you are. You are much bigger than whatever any man's opinion is about you. Because you are a child of the living God. Shout hallelujah somebody. So please. Don't think less about yourself. It is not humility. It is not humility. I was talking to a set of people one day, and we we're talking about one very rich young Nigerian, very wealthy young man. As a matter of fact, we are discussing him with the younger sister. And he said, that guy, he has always been like that. 
Of course, we are born of the same father and the same mother. He was not the, I mean, he's not the first son of the, of the parent, for example. He's somewhere in between. And he said, that guy, he called his name and said, he has always been like, even when we were in primary school, was always acting big. In secondary school, was always acting big. And a friend of mine came to our house visiting recently, and we just mentioned the guy. He said, ha, the guy is always like that. And in presence of my wife, he said, I was the one that was writing mathematics for him. Do you remember? And I laughed. I said, you're writing mathematics for him. Meanwhile, he has two private jets, and you have um, a Lexus. But in my mind, I said that. <laughs> and he said, yes, he was my senior. He has always been like that. That guy is always full of himself. He has always been like that. <laughs> he has siblings. But he has always been... So he singled himself among his siblings. He singled himself among his people. He singled himself among his classmates and was thinking too highly about himself. And as he thought about himself, he has become today. Please stop thinking too low about yourself. You are not ordinary people. You are not an ordinary person. Your future is great. You will think yourself out of your poverty and your limitations. When you begin to think high, you become high. When you think low, you become low. But your portion is high. So think high so that you can become high. It doesn't matter who was writing mathematics for you or physics or arithmetic when you're in primary school. You are not an ordinary person. It doesn't matter who was coming first and you are coming second to the last. You are not an ordinary person. Listen. In my secondary school, from my class one to class five, there was only one person that was coming first, first as in first. Nobody could take it from him. Nobody would contend it from him. And it was the one that was taken first till he graduated. I mean, till we finished from the school. But at a point in time in Lagos, he was coming to me to work as a driver. So I can recommend him to somebody to work as a driver or as a kind of a help somewhere. And he, come, he came to our church a couple of times and he could not stay. From my class one to class five, he was my first till he became my senior prefect. So, if you say you are taking second to the last, you can't amount to anything, you just joke with yourself. Your future is not how you start. Those people, those teachers don't even know what they're teaching. They will bring a, someone that studied um, a literature to teach you chemistry. Because they just want to file in something. In fact, I experienced it in my, in my secondary school. Where I didn't know that my chemistry teacher was actually somebody that studied English. But he did chemistry in his secondary school. And now he became my chemistry teacher till our final year. And so you are boasting because you went to King's College where everything was lined up for you. You are not better than me. You are just not in the same platform to compete. But now I will show myself. You have to show yourself. Don't be bothered about where you started from. Your future is bigger than where you are coming from. Praise the Lord, somebody. My parents have never been in Lagos, so I wouldn't have opportunity to. And maybe my background was too low for me to apply to King's College. I never did apply, so I was not admitted in that place. And they had their way through, but none of them, as far as I know, with my destiny in God, is bigger than me. I am not where exactly I am getting to. I will yet get there, and then we know that it's not a second school that you attend that matters, but who God says you are that matters. Praise the Lord, somebody. Anyway, that should not stop you from putting your children in the best schools. You can combine them to make the best out of your life. Put your hands together for the Lord. <laughs> Another word is run, run, run. First Corinthians 9, 24. Know ye not that they which run in the race run all, but one receive the prize, so run that you may obtain. So keep running, keep running, keep running. Even when people are tired of running, don't stop till you obtain. Then Hebrew 12.1 instructed that the running should be with patience. 
to run with patience the race that is set before you. Using patience in the running can only mean that it is a long-distance race. If it is not a long-distance race, Hebrew 12.1 cannot say wrong with what? Patience. That means you have been running and you are running out of energy. But please, be patient. Keep running. It is not a dash. It's a long-distance race. It does not happen so fast. It means one could possibly lose patience after a long time of running and not getting to the mark. One can possibly lose what? Patience after a long time of running and you are not yet gotten to the mark. And God is saying, run with patience. Be patient. Don't worry. Don't stop running. Don't stop running till you get there. You know, hoping and your hope has been constantly deferred can discourage you. You need patience. Wishing and your wishes are not coming true can hurt you so much. Please, you need patience. You need patience. Keep trusting God. Hebrew 12, 1 says, run with patience. If you believe God for something and what you believe in has not come to pass and you know that God is faithful to his word, you need what? Patience. For anything you believe God for, patiently wait for it. Another word that is necessary in our race before we get to the mark is a word called endure. Work or what? Endure. 2 Timothy 2 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. Thou therefore endure hardness. If you want to win the battle of life as a good soldier of Christ, endure hardness. There will be so much discouragement on your way to your mark, so much pressure. So much hardship, so much emotional challenges, so much insults, so much psychological problems, so much physical and spiritual beatings and pain. Endure them all. Endure them all. They are not your end. No matter what it is, just endure all for the sake of where you are going to. It is not easy, so keep enduring. Nobody ever said it's going to be easy, but you have to endure the cross if you must wear the crown. Jesus endured the insult, the spitting upon, the flogging, the shame, the abuses, the molestation, and all that he took because he was looking at the crown and he was not bothered about the shame. So if you want to get the crown, endure. Don't answer those. Oh God, I don't know. I don't want to waste time. I spend time on this. You are answering them because you want to level up with them. You are the same. You are, they, 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 they prompt you in Facebook. You answer them back. They prompt you in WhatsApp. You answer them back. They prompt you in Twitter and they call you and you answer them back because you have level. Why are you answering them? They can say anything about you. Push them aside and go. Don't even listen to them. Why are you, re why are you responding to them? Why? What point do you have to prove where you are not out of the woods yet? Wait till you get out of the woods. They will line up and say, I used to say something like that about you. He said, really, you said that? You said that? I didn't even know. Oh, yes, I, I used to say, but now I know that God is with you. Stop answering them for goodness sake and stop bothering what people are saying about you. You have a place to go. Apostle Paul said, I don't want to consider my past and I'm not even looking at this present. I am going to press towards the mark because that's the mark of high calling of God in me. And in that mark, I am having a good prize. When you are celebrating your prize, even your enemies will rejoice for you. Yes. Hey, now listen to me, somebody. The only one that has a final say to your life is God. 
I don't know how to tell you that you are not an ordinary person. I don't know how to say it. Is it because of the way you look or the name you answer or your father that you had? Or I don't know. I don't know why you think you are not good enough to be anything in this life. Ah. Now, I want to close. And I would like to remind us of our promise for the week from Galatians 6 9, which declares, And let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Friends, there is always a reaping time. Of every effort you are making in life, there is always a reaping time. Reaping time for every seed you are sown in life or you are sowing in life. The seed of faithfulness, the seed of righteousness, the seed of consistency, the seed of following God, the seed of loving God, the seed of serving God, the seed of sowing into people's life. There is always a reaping time. Don't stop doing what you know that is good because you have not reaped yet. Wait, there is a reaping time. Don't be weary in well-doing because there is a due season where you must reap. Please don't faint before you are reaping. And I declare today that your reaping time will not pass you by. For all your labor, you must reap. None of your effort in life will ever be wasted. The enemy will not eat up your seed. All your seed must bear fruit for you. In Jesus' name. Listen, I so know that your season must come. It may seem delayed, but it can never be denied. It is just a matter of time. So all I need to say to you, please hold on. I don't know how many of you know the story of um, the founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Well, called Colonel Atlan Sanders. He became wealthy and very wealthy after his retirement, after his struggle through life in penury and multiple failures in life and he retired as a poor man and he now began to remember how he used to fry chicken and he now said probably i will begin to do this around my neighborhood and give to people and they will begin to buy from house to house he was hawking then but before he died his food chain was all over the world and he was a multi-millionaire I don't know what time you are starting, but it's never too late to start. There is always a time appointed for your blessing. I believe the man struggled through life because God wants to use his testimony to talk to you today. If you get home, just search and research on him. And you will see that he was also an ordinary man like what you thought you are. But in his ordinariness was greatness that nobody ever saw. His bosses in the office never saw. Those that were paying him little never saw. His friends never saw. His colleagues never saw. But God saw. And at the fullness of time, he became who God wants him to be. Please don't give up trying. Because in this country, you shall reign. Don't give up trying. Because in this continent of Africa, you shall be known. Don't give up trying, because in this world you shall be celebrated. Please let nothing stop you from pressing. Let nothing stop you from running. As long as you encourage yourself and keep pushing, I can see you on the top. I say, I can see you on the top. I am seeing you on the top right now. I am seeing you on the top right now. I can see you being celebrated. I can see you jubilating. I can see that your later end is destined to be greater than now. 
In the name of Jesus, stand to your feet and begin to thank the Lord that makes everything to be. Thank him because he knows you. Even before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knows you. Don't be discouraged, friends. Don't be discouraged because of what you are seeing now. Begin to press towards the mark. Don't be discouraged by what he is saying or what he is thinking about you. Begin to press towards the mark. Don't be discouraged by where you are right now. God is the one that holds your future. He's the one that holds your destiny. Begin to talk to him this morning. Begin to talk to him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise. I give you praise for the life of your people. I give you praise for the power of your word. Your word can change anyone from the Mary clay and put him on a solid ground to stay. Your word can encourage. Your word can build up. Your word can transform. And your word has come today to take off from the level we have been operating to the level you want us to operate. Raise up your two hands. Father, I commit these ones to you. I take away from them the spirit of timidity. I take away from them the spirit of low life. I take away from them the spirit of low vision. And impart into them the greatness that you imparted into Isaac, the son of Abraham. That greatness that you have made him to be, that even in the midst of his enemies, he still became great and he still became very great. I prophesy to you, you are going to be like Isaac of your generation. You are going to be great even in the midst of your enemies and you are going to be very great. And your enemies will be afraid of you. In the name of Jesus, you are going to emerge God's best for your generation. Every obstacles that the enemy has put is removed now. Every challenge of the enemy is removed now. Every mountain the enemy has put before you is crumbling now. In the name of Jesus, receive grace to excel. In Jesus' name we pray. Put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on the Lighted Church, visit tlc.net.ng or follow the Lighted Church on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.